Welcome to today's episode of David vs. Goliath, a podcast dedicated to helping small businesses leverage technology to not only help them compete against their large competitors, but win. Your host is currently the CEO of Anthem Business Software, a three-time Inc. 500 recipient and a serial entrepreneur with a passion to help small businesses everywhere find, serve, and keep more customers profitably. Please join me in welcoming your host, Adam DeGrade. Hey everyone, welcome back. It's Adam DeGrade with David vs. Goliath Podcast. It is so awesome to have you. So grateful to be here. By the way, visit us online at davidvsgoliath.com. I'm sorry, it's actually davidvsgoliathpodcast.com. That's davidvsgoliathpodcast.com. You can subscribe to receive emails from us and get updated on when new episodes come out. Plus, you can also apply to be interviewed on the David versus Goliath podcast. I'd love to hear your story. Last week, we talked with Ryan McCachran from ISUR Mac, an insurance agency out of the high desert. Great interview. I highly recommend you check it out. And today, we have a tech startup extraordinaire, a company called GetMulch.com. That's right. GetMulch.com. You can kind of imagine what it's about, but I have Jack Thomas, the CEO and founder of GetMulch with me today. Jack, give them all a thumbs up. Man, it is so great to have you on the show. We are so grateful that you took the time. And I think a lot of our listeners who are aspiring entrepreneurs, maybe they haven't started a company or they have started a company. What does it take, the guts it takes, the money it takes, the strategy it takes to actually start your own business and get it funded. So I'm really excited to have you today. So Jack, welcome to David versus Goliath. Thank you for having me, Adam. Appreciate it. It is our pleasure and honor. It is not every day that people get to hear from a young tech startup, somebody that had a great idea and decided, you know what? I'm not just going to think it. I'm going to go do it. And that's what you're doing at getmulch.com. So, so our listeners and viewers can know a little bit about it, Jack. Tell us, you know, the problem you're trying to solve for and why Get Mulch is that solution. Yeah. So the biggest problem is, is within an industry like mulch. Um, it's something that I think most of us tend to forget about and not think um, about as, as much as I now do um, with the company because we see it all around us all the time. But the ability and the process in, in getting it, whether you're somebody who wants it installed or whether you just want it delivered so that you can do it yourself, it's way more complicated than it needs to be. And typically it's way more expensive than it needs to be. And so the problem that we've identified is really in the breakdown in communication more than anything. And actually as an industry, listening to what the customer needs and how they need it. Yeah, that's awesome. So basically the concept behind it was you want to make it easier for the consumers of mulch, the providers of mulch to connect with each other digitally um, so they could order right from the comfort of their phone, their tablet, their laptop. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We, we are a one-stop shop to get mulch installed or delivered nationwide. And we've partnered with suppliers and installers and other um, mulch providers throughout the country to make that more easier, easy on, on the customer at the end of the day so that they can call us, whether you have 100 different properties that need mulch or whether you are a homeowner that just needs a few yards for, 
for your garden space, we have the people to get it to you more efficiently and at a better price in most cases on a day-to-day basis. That's great. Well, I'm going to need mulch pretty soon. I'm sure you know that. I think I've told you that a couple of times. I just have to go on to there and put in how much I need and let get mulch handle the rest. But it's so great. You know, know, we've been interviewing last couple of weeks. I interviewed a guy that has an event company. He started it up from the ground up and has built it, handles big events for major brands. I spoke with uh, Ryan McCachran at ISU Armac last week. He's a large insurance agency in the desert of California with a lot of employees. And what I love about having you on the show right now is that you're very much a startup, still in the startup mode of A, you had to raise money. B, you always have to raise money as you continue to scale and grow. (laughs) You had to build the software. You had to do all of these things. But I think going back to the genesis of one of the first things that you wanted to do for the company Get Mulch, part of it had to do with your brand and your idea and the, you know, the, the get mulch logo that we're seeing behind you there right now. What was your process? Did you create that? Did you work with some other people to create that? Yeah, we worked with another agency, a local agency here that, that we had a relationship with and we went through the typical process on a limited budget. As you said, we, we did a friends and family round to get ourselves enough to build out our platform um, to test the market, and and part of that was uh, part of that investment was to appropriately walk through a DNA process uh, as to who we are as a company, who our customers are, what is the message that we need to communicate with them, and then finalize that with with the branding and and with the logo. And at the end of the day, I mean, mulch is a very simple product. You don't have to spend too much time thinking about it. The biggest problem with mulch is not everyone knows what is the best type or um, how much they actually need and whatnot. So as far as the branding goes and whatnot, we wanted that to be simple as well, um, just to feel comfortable and easy and self-explanatory because you mean uh, people at the end of the day, people don't wake up in the morning and say, I'm thinking about mulch. Like, no. <laughs> I think you might be one of the only people in America that dreams about mulch. Yeah, you know, we, we have a mutual friend that would be one of the few people I've ever talked to that legitimately thinks about mulch reg- regularly. And um, hopefully he'll be on an episode with you one day and he can talk about that. That's awesome, man. It's, it's, it's fascinating, you know, because, you know, you don't really realize this. When you're, when you're starting your own business, it consumes you. It really does oh, yeah. because, you know, it all falls and hinges on you. I mean, you're the CEO, you're the founder. I know you have partners and, and people you work with. But at the end of the day, man, the responsibility of this thing, whether it's successful or not, falls on you. And, yeah. you know, so you built the website, you built the brand, you kept it simple. I think it's very easily identifiable. You did a family and friends round, and then you had to go to the next step, which is look for some investors. Tell people yeah. that are in that process right now that they don't have a lot of money. They may be only in the germination phase of the idea. They're thinking about like, I need to get this from an idea onto a piece of paper onto an actual proposal. Tell a little bit about that process for the listeners. Yeah, I think one thing most people who go down this path um, don't realize is the number of meetings you need to have for one um, and the different perspectives you're going to have with every new investor that you communicate with. Some people may have um, an immediate connection that's directly in line with what you believe is best for where the company goes and many won't. And it's really more relevant to what they've invested in in the past um, or who they have relationships with currently that is is relevant to um, their ability to validate why you need the money and what problems you're trying to solve. 
And so it's not for the that, faint of heart, by the way, it's not for the faint of heart to go no, ask somebody for I, money. Yeah. I'm, I'm not the most confident person when it comes to talking about what I do, because as, as we said, I mean, raising money for the first time, you're still learning so much about what the customer needs. And there's a lot of holes that have not been filled yet. And so there are times in the back of your head where you believe you know exactly what the customer is telling you, but you need the money to go prove that. So you have to be able to articulate the vision well enough and tell the story well enough to actually make it believable to the point that you earn their trust, you get that money, and then you go validate it. And sometimes, as we've learned with with the initial round, sometimes you got to make major tweaks to um, how you use that money that you didn't expect. But if you continue to move forward and if you continue to to push things forward and you do it on a budget, um, you learn enough of the things that make each step of the way easier. Um, so yeah, raising capital is, is definitely new. You definitely have to talk to a lot of people who've been down that road and you definitely have to rehearse and spend the time to make sure you're articulating the right story, um, that you're, you're talking to the real pain points and in the issues that are going to resonate with that specific investor. And hopefully you've done your research before meeting with them. You know, I want to try to put you back to that first day you're sitting in your car you're about to walk into your first presentation where you're going to ask people that are serious investors, smart, educated people have had very good success and they have a lot of money because they've worked hard for it. What was yeah. going through your mind, you know, five minutes before you opened that door and took that first step out? Uh, pure fear. Because you just, like, as you said, it all falls on you. I have these other people that I'm, I'm hoping to hire one day that I'm hoping to bring along for the journey one day. And, and I'm asking these people who are looking at me in this case, um, in those early years that really didn't have a true proven track record on my own. I'd always worked with other people. Um, and, and to, to go in and, and be as vulnerable as I feel you need to be. And, and where I naturally communicate is out of a, a place of, of, um, honesty um it, it it's it's terrifying and i can imagine you, you, i can imagine you're sitting in the car little beads of sweat maybe up here you have the you know like a little televangelist little napkin you got to go grab maybe yeah, you have a little yeah. bit more perspiration oh yeah people man i'll tell you people don't you know you, you look at these successful businesses folks you know that over the years that have been built and you think that these guys are just have the easiest life in the world but if you go back to the beginning phases of these businesses where they had nothing, they maybe were given a small amount of money and they're now having to raise a, another round of money. Man, if you've never done that before, it takes a very, like takes a lot of courage, yeah. kind of like what we've been talking about with David versus Goliath. And so with plans and goals for Get Mulch, I know when you first started, yeah. you had an idea of what it was going to be. And then a couple of years into it, you needed to change those plans and goals yeah. Give the viewers and the listeners a little bit of insight into your initial thinking and how that changed and how that's not bad. It's just part of the process. Yeah. Originally, we felt that the best way we could serve the consumer is by supporting the professional. So the original app that we built, the original platform that we built was designed to generate a, a much uh, larger amount of high quality leads to the installers that we put into our network. 
and then to provide a, a platform for them to better sell to those customers by getting quotes out and following up on their behalfs and doing all of that. And, and we thought, you know, if we do that, because each of them have their local businesses throughout the country, that is going to better serve the customer. Well, then what we learned is that most of these guys are, they're out on the road installing mulch themselves. They don't have the time. They are not the best at following up when they need to follow up with a customer and communicating if the schedule changes. They are really good at installing mulch or delivering mulch or manufacturing mulch. And the customer needs more than that. And, and I think that's typical in a lot of yeah, so that, um, I would other relevant that, that industries. Was, that was probably a challenge because you're relying on very busy people to respond to these new opportunities coming in, probably had a lower conversion rate, lower satisfaction for the actual customer, frustration to the actual installer yeah. because they're like, why are all these leads not turning into money? It's a whole yeah. breakdown. And so then you pivoted. And now what is the model? Yeah. So to go back real quick on that, not only were we doing that and producing thousands of leads per month for these, these providers, but we were spending our own money to do that and they weren't paying anything to us unless we closed the business um, and helped. And they actually went and did the job. And so it was, there was a lot of pressure on us to actually deliver on, on what we believe the customer needs and, 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 at the end of the day, that caused us to change the model because, because we leverage technology in the way that you have um, with your various companies, we were able to look at the data and see, you know what, when we're involved, when we're communicating with the customer, we do a far better job than they do. Absolutely. And in the end, we then can control the financial aspects of things, which nobody really wants to deal with. And so the current model today, we have built out our network to more than 400 suppliers and installers across the country. That's amazing. And we handle every single lead ourselves. We quote everything ourselves. That's great. We do the invoicing and then we handle the communication between the customer and our provider at the end of the day, because our network is so big, each customer needs a little bit of a different approach to how the job's done in some cases. And so we're able to go and find the right person for the job and be the one to facilitate that versus waiting on them to do it. That's awesome, Jack. That is so fantastic. Stay tuned really quick. We got to go to a quick break, everyone, our listeners and watchers here on David versus Goliath podcast for a special message from our corporate sponsor, Anthem Software. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Anthem Business Software System is designed to specifically help small businesses just like yours find, serve, and keep more customers profitably. We do this by providing you with the most powerful software, automations, and marketing services to help your business compete and win in this ever-changing digital world. Take a short video tour at AnthemSoftware.com. with Jack. Hey, that actually rhymes. And we're back with Jack. <laughs> you got to make that like the theme song. And I'm back with Jack. That's terrible. I'll let you write it for us. Yeah, he's <laughs> being the guitar whisperer, as you know. I mean, it's obvious yeah. that I could absolutely do that. Now, this has been very interesting. And I think this is important for our viewers and our, and our listeners is like, just because you have a great idea and you get your first round of funding, 
and you go out and you start doing it, doesn't mean that your initial business plan was the right hypothesis, right? Yeah. So now you've been able to pivot. Yeah. Now you actually serve the customer. You are handling that process. It's a better experience for the customer who needs mulch. It's a better experience yep. for the busy installer and everyone's winning in this scenario. That's awesome. Yeah. Now it obviously takes people to pull this all together. I know you're not a, you're not a one man shop at any stretch of the imagination. We don't need to go into yep. numbers of employees and things like that. But really I'm just yeah. curious from your perspective, you've had a few stints here in building your software out and the challenges that that presents, you know, mm -hmm. tell, talk to people that are actually thinking about building their own software. It's not for the faint of heart, yeah. is it? No, it's not. And it's, there's still a debate even, even within um, people like you that I know have, have done it on what can be successfully completed um, overseas versus in the U.S. Um, there, and there's benefits to both. Typically, the development time per hour, um, the cost per hour for development time when you're using somebody overseas is significantly less in the U.S. But then there's the gap in the communication, especially in the, with the time change and, and all of that. And so it can add a lot of, um, uh, it can add a lot of problems, but it, again, the cost is usually significantly better and the talent is there too. Yeah. With us, we decided to keep it close and keep it within in the U S and originally we worked with a company, um, that was just up further up North than us. And, and, uh, we were able to have same time zone, same everything. That's and great. it worked great, um, to get off the ground. We shortly learned after that, there's just, it's, it's just really hard to communicate when you're not the primary focus. And so um, we brought in a local guy that is, is still freelance and still not full time, but we had much more communication, much more consistent time with him that significantly allowed us to improve each new um, development update and any fixes or bugs that appeared. Um, and now bugs? at this point, I think there's bugs that happen yeah, right? in software. Can you believe it? I have no yeah. idea. I mean, software's not perfect. The, the ability, the ability to test something in a staging environment, push it live to production, and expect it's going to work, <laughs> is is still it just it blows my mind that it never works as it did when you tested it. And so having in, in our that in case, the, they call that in the business the gremlins get in there. Yeah, yeah. In our case, I, I, for us, there's no doubt in my mind that when we close on this next round, we will have a full-time developer um, with us because, of th for one, the things that we need to accomplish require that. Yeah. But it, it's just too difficult to give them a project if they're freelance and then maybe not talk to them for a month and then give them another project because they're always going to be pulled in a different direction. If you can find someone and get them to commit very specific amounts of time that are consistent it's going to allow their mind to continually think through the processes um, the way they need to be thought through so that you're not having to babysit as much as, as in my case, as the CEO of the company, um, I don't always have the time to test it the way it needs to be tested. Um, somebody's going to do it. Sometimes it has to be you. Gotta do yeah. It. Somebody's got to do it. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting, Jack. You know, I, I obviously, you know, I've been building software for a really long time. And it, it's definitely a lot of fun. It's been very lucrative and profitable, but it's not, it's never easy. And never one yeah. project is the same as the next. So kudos to you. Yeah. And I, I mean, as, as we change the model, like you said, just to, to wrap up the, the technology aspect of things, you, you also, when you talk about the, the courage and, and, or at least the, the effort in it. So you go, we raise this friend and family around and we go and build this great platform and it does work great. And for the little amount of money that, that we put into it so far, 
we're happy with it. But with the change to the model that we made, it's a pretty significant change to go from building something for an industry professional to now needing to build something that is 100% geared towards the customer yeah, and the it's, consumer. It's a, true supply and so, so, it's a true supply chain software. It's the yeah. searching, it's the finding, it's the ordering, it's the quoting, yep. it's the approval process, it's the collecting of the money, it's the hiring, it's the managing. It's a whole different yeah. ball of wax, no doubt about it. So you, you, you take what you can keep and then you rebuild everything else. And that's a whole process in itself. Does that cost money? <laughs> of course it costs money. As you know. I absolutely do know. So tools that get mulch users right now, like, so what are some of the marketing tools to get your message out to potential customers of getmulch.com? How can they yeah. find out about you? Are you writing articles? Are you doing organic SEO, email? I mean, what are you doing? Yeah, a little bit of everything. Uh, we Because it's a little unique and we can't market ourselves fully as a local business, um, even though we have nationwide exposure, we have to be more creative in pushing out um, blog content, social media content. We do text message, um, a little bit of text message stuff right now. And a lot of that's more on the uh, customer retention um, or post quote side of things. Um, once we've actually quoted somebody, following up through text has been very effective for us. It is and a marketing tactic in itself. Yep. Um, social media is great. I mean, on the residential side of things, again, the ability with uh, with Facebook and Instagram to take something like mulch, which is a beautiful product, and makes anything that you you put it on look much better it's great to have those platforms i think i can put it on my hair and have it yeah. make it look I like mean, I, <laughs> I can't get out more hair i definitely need hair you know what I, you know i was thinking about it this morning too though it's like you could take you could take the front of the house with no bushes no flowers no nothing but if you just lay mulch around the front of a house yeah, it's gonna look good. it has nothing other than mulch it's significantly going to improve it it does and so, so yeah awesome. having social to connect with the customer that way is great LinkedIn is just a ridiculous solution for connecting with our, our, our commercial customers. No doubt we, about it. We work, with a lot, we work with a lot of playground manufacturers and a lot of property managers and municipalities, and that's where they're spending their time. And so for us to be able to do direct marketing to those people on LinkedIn has, has worked great for us. And uh, I'd love to get into TikTok next um, when we bring on our next marketing employee that's one of the things that i, I think we we could do a lot yeah, with. yeah i think, I think it's smart. just fun too what about have you heard of youtube shorts they're starting to kind of try to compete in that short yeah. video space i haven't really looked into a lot of it myself yet but it's pretty i would imagine it's similar to what we see on tiktok right i mean last year. it is yeah yeah and i think at the end of the day for somebody who has a large presence on youtube to begin with it kind of just makes sense because then they can take aspects of the actual in your case, you could take aspects from each of your podcasts, chop it up real easily within YouTube and turn it into a story that is much short and shorter and concise and gives uh, a more easily way to promote the main video that you took it from. That's awesome. It's, it's amazing. There are so many amazing tools and things available to small businesses like us, Jack. To, LinkedIn is a great one, especially if you're having any yeah. B2B business or any B2B network. Facebook obviously is great. Twitter is obviously great to get to the consumer. I think you're on the right track when it comes to that. That's fantastic. You mentioned uh, recruiting and hiring. I mean, that's something that's going to be on the something you're going to be doing very, very soon on a major yeah. scale after your next round. You know, currently right now, what's the process you have to find the good people, or 
you know, what's the, you mentioned one of the first jobs you're going to go look for with your next run of funding as a marketing director, a CTO, for lack of a better word. You know, yep. what, what process do you plan on working with a firm to help you? Or are you going to handle it all yourself? Yeah, I mean, a little bit of both. There's um, the, the there's salespeople within the industry that we have relationships with that we've we've gotten to um, do business with just through our normal day to day operations, and they have a they have insight into the industry that is far beyond um, the number of years that we've been a part of it. And so, being able to leverage those relationships and leverage them in a full time capacity is is one way we're going to approach things but then on the marketing side of things again fortunately i i know people like you and, and we all have you a, do a, know uh, me a, a good network of of resources a, a young entrepreneur like me again to go back to the key of of just even us surviving as long as we have with the capital that we've raised up until this point depends on my ability to be able to pick up the phone sometimes and ask you um, for help when it comes to things like that, or to get insight on, um, is this really the right person? And so fortunately, we have a great team of advisors and a great team of, of, of investors from the beginning that if I need them to do an interview for us, I can rely on them for that. Um, as, you as need people, man. You said, so, well, I think what you just said is so fantastic. You don't want to do business alone ever. Like, no. I don't know. I feel, it would feel so bad for the person who's trying to do business alone. We need each other, especially small businesses and startups and people with the same passions. Like we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. It's like, you got to help somebody that's further ahead of you and then look for somebody, you know, actually try to get help from somebody who's ahead of you. Look for somebody you can help behind you, bring yeah. them up along with you. It's really about community and it's really about helping each other, right? Unless they're your direct yeah. competitor, then you want to yeah, them well and kick their butts. Yeah. One of the things I've always admired about you watching you now, what, sixth company, fifth and sixth company um, that you're on right now is each step of the way you've been able to start with that core team of people that allow you to accomplish things so much quicker um, because Couldn't of the experience do it without you people, have man. and what you've done. Couldn't do it and, yeah. And I, and I, if I could go back as uh, back to the original round of money that we raised from friends and family, I would allocate some of the money differently than we did into people and not into some of the technology and not into some of our marketing budgets that we had. Although those things were effective and we collected a lot of data, which is some of what we needed stepping into a new industry, the people could have had just as big of an impact. And, and like you said, that's why we're raising more capital more than anything right now is to get the right people in place that allow us to truly help the customer the way they need to be. Jack, that is such profound wisdom. Hindsight's always twenty twenty. So for anybody who's listening yeah. right now, do not neglect people in your initial business plan. They're the lifeblood of an organization. Well, we're going to take another quick break right now from a message from another sponsor. We are so grateful you're spending some time with us here. I'm your host, Adam DeGrade, on the David versus Goliath podcast. Stay tuned. At King 16, our agency has done some exciting things over the years. We've designed and built amazing experiences for customers and launched several vehicles for Audi and Porsche. We've thrown extravagant parties inside whiskey distilleries and featured amazing products for brands like Ray-Ban and Fossil. We booked some incredible talent and designed cutting edge stages for those performances. We even threw a red carpet gala in the middle of nowhere on a horse farm 
with hundreds of celebrities, which was difficult. I guess you could say we've done some amazing things for our brands and partners. Now the only question is, what will King 16 do for you? Find out at king16.com. That's king, S-I-X-T-E-E-N.com. And we're back with our final segment with Jack Thomas, the CEO and founder of Get Mulch. Jack, you are doing great. I know uh, this is <laughs> not, you. you don't get interviewed a lot. You're doing a fantastic job. I believe that Appreciate I'm it. learning even more about your business and you're a friend of mine. And this is really great to learn even more about it. I want to talk about one of the most important things in business. And you mentioned it like there's been challenges in Get Mulch, right? From the beginning mm-hmm. and there's ups and downs in a startup and Yet you're here you are, you're standing, you're still persevering, you're walking out of the battlefield with that smooth stone called courage. How <laughs> do you have the courage to stay in it when things are not going the way you want them to? Is it yeah. can you see the future and that's just or are you just yeah. stubborn or what what is it? Help people understand yeah. because the difference between success and failure is perseverance. It's not just courage to step out but it's the perseverance to stay on the battlefield. Tell us about that. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I would never imagine I'd have anything to do with mulch. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm a marketer, I'm good with strategy. I like the ideas, uh, I, I like seeing a business grow and I love, enjoy, I, I've enjoyed watching people like you succeed ahead of me and, and to see what I liked about what you did and things that I would have done differently. And that, that aspect is fun, but I think more than anything, the belief in what we are doing and why we are doing it is, is a major component to it because I just had my fourth kid. I have to look at my You've wife. You've got four children? And, and I got four children. How about a quick shout out? What's, what's say, the, hey, say hi to all the kids really quick. <laughs> hey guys, we love you so much and uh, doing all this for you. And Adam's been there to help. It's awesome. It's awesome. Keep going, Jack. Um, interrupt. Yeah. So, I mean, at the end of the day, looking at my wife and saying, hey, man, like, it's it's not easy. Our, our, why are we doing this and having those types of conversations? At the end of the day, it's like, man, we know that when we get to that point that we've accomplished the goals that we've set for the company and the things that we are hearing from the customer at the end of the day, that it will be worth it. And it's not just the financial benefit. It's the pursuit of building something for the first time as, as, as a young entrepreneur and the ability to identify problems that we feel people are ignoring mm. and do something about it. And so the excitement comes from the unknown. It's definitely stressful and it's definitely hard. But you, if you believe truly in the end goal that you're trying to reach to, then you don't really want to stop. It, you, sometimes you feel like you want to take a break and slow down and and take a step back and look at, um, are we doing it the right way, which is an appropriate thing to do, but getting to the point where you know exactly why you're doing it is, is the thing that I've honed in on. Um, and when people have asked, Hey, how long do you think you'll continue to do this? I know it's, I know it's hard. And I'm like, I don't see when, why would we ever stop? Yeah. Why would you stop? And you said something very, very important. You talked about belief. One of the things I've always said is anything truly great or worthwhile starts with one word, 
and that's believe. Because if you don't believe it as a CEO and founder, there's no way your investors, your employees, your other partners are going to believe it. And it doesn't make a difference, Jack, what anybody else thinks about your business or believes about your business. It only matters what you believe about your business. And as a CEO and founder, it's mission critical to make sure that we are articulating and communicating that passion, the love and the drive for why we do it to our potential clients and also to people internally. So how can people get a hold of you? Um, Tell them your website address or email address and how they can reach out to you. Yeah, getmulch.com. It's real simple. Um, Or you can email me at jack at getmulch.com. But uh, Jack, at the end of the day, (laughs) Jack is back. We uh, actually, when I played soccer in elementary school, I was Action Jackson, but I've never kept that uh, nickname. So that's probably better. Jack Jack is back. Jack Jack is back is my favorite. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. So getmulch.com. And uh, that's the easiest way. There's a quick form on there that you can fill out. It asks you a few questions that help us better understand what you need. And then from there, you'll be contacted by us directly, um, either through phone or electronic uh, means, and we'll take care of you from there. That's awesome. Jack, thank you so much for joining us on David versus Goliath podcast. Thanks for having me. It's been great. Everyone, look at how much you learn watching and listening to this podcast. I can't think of a single place I'd rather spend time as a business owner than hearing stories, real world examples of what people are doing to take on their giants and winning right here on David versus Goliath podcast. I'm your host, Adam DeGrade. We'll see you next week. Thanks for watching. 